Scribes Journey is supported by our patrons. Join them today at patreon.com slash scribesjourney. Hello and welcome to a, another episode of Scribe's Journey with the Three Scribes. I am one of your hosts, Travis Crokin, the Calm Scribe. And I'm LJ Stanton, the Pedantic Scribe. And I am T.R. Albee, the Oddball Scribe. How are you both doing tonight? Well, my service dog hasn't yelled at me yet today, so doing good. My son is still awake, so I'm going to try to be quiet, but I'm doing all right. We have to be super sneaky. Super yes. sneaky, yeah. I, I, I mean, generally, I'm not quiet, so this will be this will be a feat for me. Yeah, my daughter is still pitched in a mad battle against sleep for some reason. I don't know why this is happening, but she hates sleep and she just fights constantly. It's because it's almost a full moon. I think that's what I found. Like, it's it's just something strange. So check. Maybe that's the same thing with your daughter. Who knows? Could be. We'll have to look into it. They're all werewolves. That's what it is. <laughs> that I believe. That explains a lot about children. Well, I'm glad to see you're both doing very well. I'm doing fantastic as well. It's been a great day. It's been a busy day. But tonight we're here to talk about outlining. And the homework from last month was to take a look at different outlining methods and templates that are out there and familiarize yourself with what outlining is. So what is outlining? We keep talking about this. And that's the thing. There's so many words that are thrown around in the literary world. A lot of the jargon is not difficult to understand, but outlining means different things in different contexts. So in the context of literary world of writing, what is outlining? I think that, again, this comes with several different definitions because everybody outlines that little bit differently. But it is writing out the plot of your story in some kind of outline way. You're going to be putting some kind of bullet points, paragraphs, etc. into some kind of system that tells you what direction your story is going to take, where it begins, where your middle is, and where you're going to end it. Yeah, you're taking your ideas and giving it structure, you're giving it form, and then you're expanding it from there. Exactly. You're getting your thoughts laid out. You're getting your thoughts in order. You're getting your ideas put down, plotted out so you can move them around and switch them around because, you know, a scene that you have initially thinking is going to be earlier on in the book may end up fitting better a little bit later on. And you don't realize that until you do an outline or you start writing. And to be clear, outlining isn't writing your first draft of your story. That's drafting. Outlining is putting your thoughts in order, figuring out what it is, and it's not carved in stone. You can fix it, change it, move it around, and that's the whole point of it. It's easier to move around bullet points than it is to move around whole chapters and sections and chunks and paragraphs of the story. And outlining helps you find plot holes and problems, hopefully before you've committed thousands of words to paper. It doesn't always do that. I had that mistake where I outlined beautifully and then I, I had to rewrite an entire subplot, but... Yeah, you're moving and shifting things around at an earlier stage when it's only a few hundred or a few thousand words instead of you've gotten a book and now you're realizing that, oh, I don't know how to end this. I've got too many plot lines that need to be tied up and I don't know how to put them back together. Yeah, making sure that you have all your plot lines tied up or appropriately hooked is a very important thing to do. 
And outlining, for me, outlining is fun. I've developed my characters. I've played around with that. I've played around with ideas and concepts. And now outlining is my first real foray into diving in and starting to see the structure of the story come to life, starting to see what it's going to look like and how it's going to flow. Now, to be clear, there are many styles of outlining. Then many different cultures have different styles of outlining. So we're not going to be doing an East versus West outlining for this. We're going to be focusing on the Western story outlining models. I'm not going to list them all, but we know there's the hero's journey, the three-act structure, the free-takes pyramid, the Ficton curve, and meteor res. There's a variety of them that you can look at, but we're not breaking down all the different outlines that we are going to be focusing on for this episode. And they're definitely story structures that you will know, even if you don't necessarily know them by name, you have definitely read them. If you've written a story already, you probably are using one of them, even if you don't realize it, as far as your story structure. Yeah, and that happened to me when I started doing this book. Originally, it was supposed to be a podcast, and I started using an episodic story structure because I was thinking it was going to be five episodes. And then when I realized it was a book, I was like, well, this episodic doesn't really fit here. And so I had to kind of readapt things. So after Travis started talking, he was like, yeah, it's the Fichtian curve. And I was like, okay, that works. And it, and it kind of aligned with the same type of structure that I was planning for an episodic podcast, which eventually turned into a novel. So, you know, like LJ said, sometimes you're writing it and you might be going down a certain path towards uh, a structure that you're unconsciously aware of. And then after the fact, you're like, oh, right, this is the hero's journey, or this is that, or this, or something else. Now, and a lot of them share similarities. So the uh, story circle, the hero's journey, and the three-act structure are all very similar. And some stories need to be told in different structures and need to be outlined in different ways to give the story its best effect. But that brings up a good point. It doesn't bother me. I hear it all the time. I'm a discovery writer. I'm a pantser. I don't like outline. Why should I outline? Convince me. Tell me. Why should I bother outlining my story? I've always hated that term of it being a pantser or a planner. but for discovery writers, for pantsers, the reason you outline is so you know where to stop. And so you know how to write yourself out of the corner that you wrote yourself into. Because inevitably, that is the thing that I hear the most from people who are pantsers or discovery writers is that they did a bunch of writing and now they're stuck. They don't know where to go from here. They're going to now go and work on a different project. And then they don't get anything done. It's very rare that you find a published author that did zero planning and zero outlining at any point. It's not as much fun for many people to do an outline. And I think that's because they don't find an outline that works for them because outlining should be fun. You can still discovery write between those plot points, but writing an outline is setting up goalposts. It's laying your foundation. It is you know, the road that your story is traveling on, there's a million metaphors that you can use for it, but it is your story and it keeps you on track. So you don't just end up dropping your project because you don't know what happens next or leaving all of your fans in limbo because you don't know how to solve all the problems you've created. Yeah. And I think if you're anything like me, which is very unorganized, even if you're the type of person that wants to do pantsing, I always found that for me, since I have this lack of focus, and partially it's because, you know, I'm ADHD, but that's, you know, neither here nor there, but it keeps me on the goal, you know, and I can organize my thoughts better. And that's one reason why I really like outlining. It's, it's because it, it organizes me and helps me focus where I need to go. 
so I can, like you said, find those loopholes, those things that I wasn't expecting to find later on down the line. Or if so, I happen to be writing a part of this book and I lost track of an object that I had given the, the characters. And I was like, have I y'all used that yet? No, I haven't. I had to go back through all of the outline and make sure checkbox here, checkbox there. Because then I was able to find that there's that gap and weave it back into the stories. And, you know, you don't want to leave your characters with a random thing in their pocket. And kind of like my dad with change, it just all fall out. Uh, that's why I, I outline. It keeps me focused and organized. And I need that. Even though my wife says everything I do is chaotic. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we've all seen kind of. Uh, shows or books or things like that where we've noticed something has gone missing that at one point appeared to be some kind of really important necessary object and then disappears it's the the power of outlining is there so that when you use something like the gun is on the wall it gets used at some point in some way in some right. fashion and outlining keeps you honest to that because yeah otherwise if it's been six months since you wrote your first chapter and you've gotten to your climax and you're going crap what am I supposed to be using here? You can go back and reread your whole manuscript to try and find those details, or you can go back to your outline and spend two minutes flitting through your notes and go, oh, there's a gun on the wall. I can use that. Done. The other thing it does too is it, as we talked about tying up loose ends, it also adds depth to your story. Be clear, when we're talking about this, we're kind of talking about novels and up novellas and up for short stories, flash fictions, micro fictions. You don't necessarily need to outline that much. When you're working on bigger projects and a series, Definitely outlining really comes into play, but it depends on what you're working on. It's not to say you don't have to outline smaller stories. When you're writing a story, you have your main plot and you have a subplot and you have your protagonist, you have your antagonist. The story arcs, the character arcs, the secondary character arcs, the tertiary character arcs, the arcs of some objects that might be in the story. So when you've got all of these character arcs, all of these things that are all and storylines and everything that are going through, that is a lot to try to remember and to make sure that you're actually giving the depth and the substance and you don't have a weak and watery subplot that's not bouncing off the main plot the way it should properly and it's not moving things along or factoring in proper pacing. And that's the other thing is your outline allows you to look at your pacing. And I'm going to say something that a lot of people are probably not going to be happy with. Outlining can still be a part of discovery writing. And as, as LJ said, you are going from signpost to signpost and writing that space in between as a discovery writer, but doing your outline, you're still discovery writing. You're still sitting there and thinking about your story and just putting down some of the key plot points. And it's not saying when you're outlining that you have to outline the entire story. You can outline five, six, eight chapters at a time, and then you can go back and forth. So you don't have to sit down, outline everything from start to finish. But that's the nice thing is it's not carved in stone. Even if you do plot everything out, you can still move those elements around and not have to worry about it. So when is a good time? When do you both start outlining? While my beta readers read my other manuscript. <laughs> <laughs> so right now, I outline in various points during the process. I do three different outlines depending on the point. And so I do one at the beginning. I do one at when I'm about to edit and I do one at the very end of the book before I start working on my next one. Having all of my ducks in a row and everything in order is going to help a great deal to avoiding some of the end of series problems that I know are going to crop up because they crop up for many, many authors. And if I can do my best to avoid those specific problems, then I can make new, fun, interesting problems instead. Yeah, I do it from the beginning because as soon as I have the idea, 
I have to set up the whole premise of it when I know I want to start writing that project. Now, granted, I have a ton of other projects I wish I could be outlining right now, but again, the whole focus point, I have to continue focusing on getting the th project done or I'm never going to get it done. But I always, I always outline in the beginning before I do any sort of writing at all. I do a very similar thing. I start, when I have an idea, I'll outline and I like to kind of lay out where I think the story is going to go. And I strongly use the word think because that changes often. When I was writing Lion of Archonomus, I had the two main characters meeting in chapter two. Then I realized there was a lot of stuff I wanted to put in before that. And then I kind of added in other chapters and other things as I was plotting and outlining and moving along. And then I started writing. Then after about three months of writing, I looked and I realized my two main characters weren't meeting each other now until chapter eight. So then I was able to go back and adjust it so that and it was luckily it was just a matter of moving a couple of scenes and moving some dialogue around and I made it work. But due to the outline, I was able to see that. So I will do like LJ said and create the outline. And then as I'm going along, I'm constantly outlining. I don't do one outline as I'm writing. Something will change. A character will do something different. A story will go off on a tangent and then I'll change that and shift things over. So you can kind of hold it up and see if you're hitting the right points, hitting the right story arcs and things at the right time as you're moving along. To Ted's point, outlining can be a great thing when you've got a bunch of different ideas. I know what it's like, and I think we've all been there where we've had a great story idea, and I'm busy, I need to focus on this, I'm not going to work on that. And then three months later, you go back and you forget the details or some of the really cool aspects you had. That's where outlining can help. You can open up a quick file, put down the story, rough story idea, put down some of the plot points that you want to hit in that story as they come to you, close it and walk away. So you can still focus on your task because you don't have these other ideas nibbling in the back of your brain and distracting you. You can put them into an outline and shove them aside into a drawer for a later day. Or you start your first draft. That's not not being distracted. Yeah. <laughs> That's being distracted. Yeah. Where's, uh, where's LJ's spray bottle? Right? I, the cats hit it. What? What do I do? <laughs> uh, I thought it was going to be a good transition. Oh, well. I failed. Uh, now, all right. Well, after he, you have your outlines, next episode, Ted. Right. So our next topic, see the transition worked, right? Kind yeah. of. <laughs> a little bit. Um, yeah. the, so our next episode is going to be about drafting, right? So once you have your outline and once you're ready for that first draft, you would take that outline and create that. But for your book of a month, go try to find a book that is in your genre and prepare yourself for next episode, which is going to be all about drafting. So let's take a look at how each of us outline and what should be included in an outline. So outlining has changed for me between my first novel and this second one. My very first outline that I did for The Dying Sun was a sentence per chapter. And just it was a, this is happening, this is happening, and then this happens, and then this happens, and then this happens. And that was just it. And it worked fine. I ended up having to, you know, rewrite a whole bunch of stuff. I found, though, that a better way for me to do an outline that involved multiple different plot lines was to do it in a more paragraph format. So for the second book, The Pantheon Prophet, it's been each plot line got several paragraphs about all the deep dives of what was going to be happening in this book of this. So basically a little synopsis of each of those plots. And then from there, it was figuring out what chapters would be done with each of those plots and then shimmying 
on a timeline where each of those chapter perspectives would need to swap over so that a timeline would work out since I have some very sticky points that have to be on a calendar and they have to happen at those specific times. And therefore my outline was just indispensable. I needed it. So that is generally how I do my outlines is very much a figure out what is going to happen with the plot lines and putting it down somewhat to the minutia because I want to make sure that I don't leave anything major out. I don't tend to put it up against a model like the hero's journey or anything like that until later on to make sure that I am actually hitting the correct tension points. But that tends to be how I do my my two main outlines. And I love using timeline tools to help with that since I do have my own crazy calendar that I had to build. But that is basically how I do it. Sounds like you use a method that's very similar to the snowflake method where you start with your, your ideas, your characters, kind of in a triangular and then off of each point you break off two sentences or two lines of what happens to them in those scenes. And from those two sentences, they branch off in different paragraphs. Those paragraphs branch off and you slowly grow out your snowflake of your story. It's a great method and it's very similar to what LJ is talking about how she does her outlining. How about yourself, Ted? What do you do? Well, for my first attempt at outlining this book, I literally just uh, wrote, it's like 26 pages of bullet points of what happens in the story. It was a long, drawn-out process of doing it. And I realized after I did that, it worked for this book. It got me where I needed. And this is probably not the most effective way for me to do it. I started looking up different ways of outlining. Um, This is before you and the three of us actually got together and started meeting. And even doing this podcast, I I ran into this one author who's on Twitch. His name is uh, Garrett Robinson. He actually goes by um, Vlogger Novel. He's there often doing writing for his novel, but I asked him about how he outlined and he actually created a YouTube video on it. So I went and watched it and I liked what it did. So what I've done is taken his method, which started out with the snowflake method. I write a a small one sentence thing about what the story is. And then I take that sentence and I break that out into a larger paragraph. But then after that, I kind of diverge. What I want to do then is still give that brain dump I still want to give myself time to unload all the ideas of where the story should go in bullet points. But then I want to take those bullet points and then apply them to a method like the hero's journey or something else, or even just save the cat. Where did all those fall in line, right? So then I have a little bit more structure. I didn't do this last time. And I started messing around with how I would do it. Because again, a lot of it was done in just Word, like a big giant Word document. That's what this was. So I started looking at products like Scrivener. Scrivener has a really great way to break it all out in a format where you can have different sections. So I have a section for that one sentence. I have a section for that expanded summary. I have a section for that brain dump. And then I want to take it into maybe something similar to like Plotter and then take those points against an outline format. And again, make sure I can fit these things in those sections, see where they go and play with it and expand it out from there. This is something that I came up with by watching Garrett's video on how he does his outlining. I will say this is a completely untested method that I have not had a chance to put into play yet, but I know that it's probably going to change and alter as I go. At this point right now, this is my planned method of outlining that I will implement one day soon, God willing. It's interesting because we all have very similar but different methods of outlining. 
So for myself, I tend to have the story idea and I don't always outline in a linear fashion. If I know that there's this pivotal scene that I want to write that I'm really excited about, I'll write down the notes on that first and then I'll lead my way up to it and past it. But generally when I outline, I will oftentimes, even using a program, I won't use any preloaded templates or anything like that. I will build my own template as I go along. And I'll just do the beats of the story as I want this to happen here, this to happen here, and I'll beat out all the main sections that I want to have happening throughout my story from start to finish. And then I may not know what's going to happen in each of those beats. I may only go more in depth, seven or eight or nine chapters or beats, and then go do some writing and come back and add in more depth as I go back. But once I get the main structure of my story down of what I want to have happen, then I'll look at it again and say, okay, does that make sense? So I'll start off with say like seven beats, then it becomes 10, 14, 20, 25 as I'm extending out. And that's not necessarily to say it's going to be 25 chapters, but it'll be those beats that are in there. Once I'm happy and comfortable with how I've kind of got this plotted out, then I will go back and do another look at it and analyze what I've done for my outline. For Lion of Archonomus, I'm working on a trilogy. It's science fiction. It's a very vast book by the time this trilogy is over. So I will look at each beat or scene that I've kind of created and then consider what is the mood that I want for this scene? What's the level of conflict or what is the conflict in this? If it's being that I'm tired and I don't want to have to go out anywhere, but they have to go out, that's still a conflict. It doesn't have to be a big bad battle. And then I'll also take a look at what is the pacing for the scene. Is it a slow? Is it medium? Is it fast? I'll kind of put in tags for what my pacing is going to be. And then I'll go back and look at them again and take a look at some of the more in-depth things. What is the point of view? What is the time frame? What is the hook in this scene? What is this scene trying to do? What is the purpose? Is this scene leading to the hero's darkest hour? Is this scene leading to them losing something? And then if you really want to, and I also try to make sure I always include at least one sensory detail per page, per scene, something that is being smelled or seen or heard or something to help root the reader and the character deeper into the story. And if I really want to get into it, then I'll also consider the character goals. What is the character's goal in this scene? How is this interfering with their flawed internal thinking, with their external goals and ambitions, and kind of have an idea. So then I can go and sit down and write from signpost to signpost, and there's pretty good level of detail and understanding what's happening. But as I'm writing from stop to stop, then that's when I realize, okay, this is now different than I thought it was going to be because that's how it flows naturally. And this is much better because I'm doing the discovery writing part of it now. Then I'll go back and adjust my timeline and my outline to make it match. So it's up to you on how deep you want to go into it. But I like to go through tiers and understand how the story is impacting everything for each scene as we go along. And one thing that um, Ted got me thinking of with the fact that you can be very creative in how you do your outlines. You can also do it in your notebooks or, you know, there's the cue card method where it's the you write it out on a cue card and you can, you know, sort it that way. So you have it all in front of you in this list or you can do you know we've all seen the meme where there's all of the things on the wall with the ribbons to them you can do that for your outline nothing says that this has to be a super like you do it this way or else it's you find what method works for you and if it is something that is you need it to be more artful more physically interactive then go for it. Nothing about this is, you know, set in stone. Nothing about it is the, there's only one right way to do this. The right way is the way that gets it done effectively for your story and for you as the writer. And that might take some experimenting around to figure out what works, but it is really worth it in the end to find what works. 
I find out with the cue card method, I know when people who are writing scripts, a lot of the screenplay writers that I know, they definitely use the cue cards to be able to put it in in different places. I've seen my friend's floor where they've taken a picture where they have it all laid out in this big giant rectangle and they're trying to figure out where all these parts fit. There are programs that if you're doing screenplay writing as well, um, I think it's uh, Final Draft Pro. Mm -hmm. It has a script formatting. It has a way of outlining. And it also has that cue card functionality that you can keep it in this program, which is very convenient. It's all in one place in the file. You can back it up. You don't spill coffee on it. Like, you know, LJ's manuscript. Yeah. And always have backups. <laughs> well, that's a great and point. be careful with kittens. Oh, yes, that's all animals. true. Be careful. Puppies too. Yes. Um, but that's, that's a great point because I actually used to use the cue card method, the sticky note method up on the wall. And then someone throws the door open too fast. And everything goes in the air and it's all just scat scattered and messed up. And it's oh, what yeah. works for you. Nothing set in stone saying that, like Ted said, you don't have to do it this way or change it that way. It's whatever works, whatever fits and flies. Speaking of stone, though, there are some wonderful stone paper alternatives. And if you want to be extraordinarily eco-friendly, there's also poo paper. And I figured that that was worth the expression that the people cannot see, but was <laughs> worth it to get out of Ted. Poo paper? Uh, what poo paper. the hell? It's manure what? paper. Yeah, oh my God. Gather, but, yeah. just, no. Ted, Ted, no. Ted, simple. You gather that. your toilet paper when you're done using it. <laughs> Put it in a bucket of water. Let it dehydrate in the sun. <laughs> um, Look, I, that I is have not the who, method at all. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I have friends who own a cow farm, and all I all I remember, I have fawn smells of manure, right? It's but I don't want to. Yeah. Have it next next to my goddamn desk, you know, while it I'm writing. Smell. It doesn't smell. Doesn't but and smell? the rock paper Still actually wrong. isn't brittle. But that's the funny thing is I've not Still heard wrong. of the poo paper, but. This is the fifth time in two days that rock paper has come up in conversation for me. And no one mentioned scissors? No. No. Damn it. Jeez. They were Sorry, all, they, they were waiting for you. Uh, <laughs> I'm here for the comic relief. That's about it, guys. Actually, I think at this I, point, the all, rock scissors could cut the rock paper. So rocks more than just for tumbling off of cliffs into houses. That's right. Huh? Wiley Coyote. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I think that's like, there's a lot of things that we can put into our outline. There's a lot of tools and things that you can add into it. But what it comes down to is what do you need to keep track of? What do you need to keep straight? What is going to make you comfortable and what is going to make your writing style easier? And all of that being said, we're not trying to convince you to outline. If you still want to be a discovery writer and you still think that outliners are basically boulderers to free climbers or snowboarders to skiers, that's your decision to still have. You don't have to do the outlining. But it can do some fantastic things to help you have a much easier way of writing. LJ, what is our homework for this week? Go write an outline. <laughs> and actually, yes, it is to write an outline, whether you are working on a manuscript currently, or if you are not, still go write an outline. You can write one for a book that is already written, for a show that you just watched, for an episode that you just listened to, or for your own book. That way, you know what you can work with for our next episode when we talk about drafting. Thank you both for joining me tonight. This has been a fantastic chat, as always, about the writing world and the scribe's journey. And for everyone else out there listening, go sharpen your quill and get back to writing.
This episode of Scribe's Journey has been presented by Wax Seal Productions Incorporated and remixed by T.R. Albert.